So you said they are trying to get to 10,000 pints. Yes. Who are they? Uh, Free to bleed. Okay. Is it someone we know? I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, so do re mi. Do re mi. All right. Uh, I think is kind of the, the, one of the masterminds behind the initiative. Uh, there's a couple others I think that are kind of plugged in there as well. Um, but yeah, so do re mi I think is the, the, the main, the main genius behind Free to Bleed. All right then. Because he, my understanding is, uh, for those who aren't following the story, uh, he, so do re mi is a, slightly older respect packs uh in metro and he decided that the core guys were you know once he heard there was this blood shortage he was like uh sua sponte right why why wait around for somebody to fix that when i could do it and uh came up with the idea of freed to bleed and started creating i think he was the first it was at his uh, construction but it doesn't mean that he is in contact with all the free to bleed I think they just sort of set up. It's like a lot of things, man. It's, it's just, just happening. It's okay. how the nation. That's how the nation rolls, man. Yeah, right. no, I was just. Somebody, uh, I was really curious. I was yeah. just curious. No, somebody came up with an idea and it yeah. starts going everywhere. So, like I think he told me he'd heard that there was a shortage of blood out there, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, yeah, folks are. I mean, a lot of a lot of what the Red Cross would collect would happen at like places of work, which no one is going to and haven't been for months, um, or you know, just big community events you know that they would hold and right. uh, around churches or things like that again people aren't going there and haven't been for months okay and so they're just coming up short so f3 said who has the cleanest purest blood of any man <laughs> <laughs> it must be f3 men so we'll just start i have no idea oh. a bunch of alcoholics but it's okay it's a, it's a closed system yeah so. yeah yeah it's you know it is what it is but apparently we've collected quite a bit uh there were a number of f3 guys that i saw there i saw hollywood there and uh, money was there and chicken wing was there and uh, apparently it came in right behind me was uh, what we now lovingly refer to as WD-40 um, thanks to uh, Moonshine changing what did's name <laughs> to, to whatever he did. This there. was also a uh, drinking event although you did not partake I'm sure. Uh, no I, I do not because that's not how I roll but uh, it was at a brewery. Um, I went at 10 o'clock in the morning there was no one <laughs> having, uh, having a libation bro- at that Any hour. libations? Yeah. But uh, I presume that later in the day, that probably was something that, that definitely took place. So, but it was good, man. Uh, what it tuckered you out? Apparently something did. I don't know. Or if I was just, you know, that was just the way life hit me that weekend. They just sort of happened to coincide. But I was, I was not good for much uh, over the weekend. I slept quite a bit. You know, I heard your interview on uh, COT. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> it was, the, uh, the Jamie Vance. <laughs> well, you we were fake. What, what yeah. were they calling you? Uh, or Doa do, Dopito do, or something like that. Do, Dopito, Dopito. Do Roseboro, do, do Dobo. I don't even Dobo. know. Yeah, something like that. The uh, Kitty started calling me Frank Azaria, yeah, which is <laughs> no, it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was funny. those guys are good, they're doing good work. So, you know, they ran the BRR this weekend. Uh, yeah, a bunch of guys did. I was a bunch of sure guys it was not gonna happen. I really kind of regret. Uh, I wish you'd have signed up now. Well, you know, I just, after the Palmetto got, I know, you know, I was surprised that it happened. I just assumed at some point in time they'd convert it to the, to a virtual. I just didn't want to do another virtual. The, the, the faux Ridge relay or something. Ridge relay. But I'll be, gosh darn, they just toughed it it out. Which, and I know we don't want to get off on a big weird thing here, but, but just kind of says to me that, uh, you know, maybe, 
maybe it's possible to hold events perfectly safely. And, maybe. Uh, well, I think those, you know, I don't know. My guess is that the people that live out there in the mountains in the BOR, uh, where the BOR runs are a little less likely <laughs> to want to <laughs> obey. I will say this. The governor. Having, having grown up in that general area yeah. of Swabet uh, and, and parts surrounding, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that they probably, for those that even are aware that there is such a thing right. as a COVID-19. No, they know. They just... <laughs> I'll say for those, yeah, for those that have the electricity and all that kind of stuff that yeah. they even know, uh, they don't care. They have no interest in any of that. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, there's probably more people out there that believe it's uh, you know fake hoax from the Chinese government than uh, than probably you know by population than maybe other places in the world. I don't, I don't I, think I, I can go that far. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's just my uh, as a guy who grew up there, I'm saying maybe. Tell me this: uh, yeah. since you're the president of F3 Nation, are uh -oh. there uh, still virtual workouts going on? There are. Yeah, there sure are. As a matter of fact, I would say probably at least three days a week that I'm aware of. Um, some guys in Ballantyne do some stuff. Um, C-SPAN up in Philly is still doing a couple days a week of virtual because there are still places in America where it is um, hazardous, uh, according to the, the governance. And so rather than, you know, try and figure out a way to go outside and have to wear a mask or, you know, whatever it is, because they're saying it doesn't matter what you do, you still have to wear a mask. Um, so there's still virtual workouts that are oh, still okay. still kind of hanging on and lingering on. In fact, I was just interviewed um, by a uh, Chicago publication, online publication of some kind. I don't remember the name of it right now off the top of my head, but they uh, asked to do an interview. And uh, they asked, you know, how, do, how did we adjust, you know, with the whole COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, we we largely didn't, you know, like <laughs> we still work out outside. We just did it in smaller yeah, groups, right. as, you know, according as it was. And we just followed local regulations and just kept going. Um, and she was like, but didn't you, you know, weren't you worried? And I said, sure, you know, sure. We want to be precautious and, you know, taken and, sure. and be careful and that sort of thing. But, you know, we work out outside and that's always in most everywhere that I'm aware of, that has been one of the things that has not been on the list of don'ts, you know, strenuous exercise outside is, is actually, well, was that, the, it was a don't here for a little while, but, uh, you know, but, it, but it was pretty limited, uh, in terms of how long it lasted and some of those kinds of things, about, but, uh, about a month. Yeah. But it was in groups. You could go by yourself, right? I don't think they ever stopped. do anything by yourself. <laughs> well, that, but that was the thing, right? So guys still went alone or, you know, it would be like, a, hey, we're going to start here and we're going to run distant you know, yep. from each other or whatever. But um, yeah, so, and there are still places, again, like we said, that, that are underneath some of those restrictions. But, um, but yeah, so she was kind of amazed that we, you know, how it's all sort of shaken out. And we talked about virtual workouts and, you know, the fact that, that you know, F3 doesn't really miss a beat. We sort of have a mission, you know, <laughs> we have stuff to get done. We don't have time to wait for governance to tell us it's okay to do a thing. So we'll just find a way around. And, uh, and that's what we did. So, huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. should we roll the open? We'll roll the open. That's a good idea. And, and we're, we're back. back. I don't know. That was kind of a weird. Place <laughs> <to> go, but... <laughs> You're listening to 43 feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front. But that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. And I'll be joined every week by some of the greatest leaders I can find in F3 and beyond. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach virtuous leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. So, uh... Because it used to be just a more regular format.
Well, we had, yeah, we had, you know, we had featurettes we had to get through. Don't have those we don't have those anymore. No featurettes. But if we did, I might ask you if you, if you had any butcher's words. Oh, yeah. No, I've just been re- I'm reading the Perry Mason novels now. I've seen some of the things that you've uh, yeah. There's like all these there. nuggets in there, yeah, man. Solid stuff. It's crazy. These things were written 90 years ago. Uh-huh. We, well, some were written 90 years. Started writing them in the Depression 90 sure. years ago. And there's just all this stuff that's still applicable today. I mean, just as true as could be. Yeah. You know, and which I guess just kind of shows. So I'll just like tweet something out because I'll come to it. Like, I love man, it. Man, that's amazing. Like, that is a persuasion insight. quote if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I love yeah. some of that stuff. Like it's really, it's really quite good. It's funny. I guess it just shows either a, the, well, first of all, the enduring truths that, that, you know, that you looked at the, in the fruit bowl and said, look, here's, here's the enduring truths. Right. But also the fact that our, our society is so cyclical in in nature in some ways, you know, like this, there'll be a resurgence of certain things over time. And and I think we're in a, in one of those now where people are looking uh, for something a little different than, what we've been doing for the last, you know, 40 years or so. It's funny too. They're just so casually racist and sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just, uh, well, you know, it's a hundred years. Ago. What you <laughs> well, I guess like 90 years. Ago, just, yeah. They just really just. It, yeah. It just was know, not on the radar. Not on all, the radar. Like at all. There was just no, no concept of, wait, you, you mean we have to treat them nicely? Yeah. Like, I don't, right. why would we, they're women. Why would we do that? You know? Well, they treat them nicely, but they treat them. They just fair, make these, fair. Yes. They just you know make I mean. these statements like, you know, like there's no f- female jurors. Of course, no female jurors. Yeah. Well, they, they couldn't make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe it was only 90 years ago. Right. They were saying that, that kind of stuff. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's stuff uh, that we just today would just There's like some tremendous stereotyping. Like, oh, I'm sure. There's yeah. one I just read because, uh, like, there's 55 of them. I'm looking at five. Or oh, my goodness. There's one, and they were talking about <laughs> it's like one of the witnesses is a Chinese uh, houseman or something. And uh-huh. it's like Chinese cook. Okay. And uh, Perry Mason's trying to talk to him, and the other guy says, He goes, No, 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 no. Let me handle this. I know how to talk to these people. And he's like, what are you uh he's just, this no. whole, i can't even imitate it's it. like horribly racist yeah, accent horrible yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only kind of that's a that's that's the only thing they understand yeah right? uh and they weren't trying to be funny or even they weren't trying to be racist they're just no that's just how they believe how they, things were how they believe yeah. things were that is fantastic oh gosh that's crazy how far we've come well i can see people reading now like i'm not going to read this because it's so racist but it was not racist at the time yeah yeah that's a good point at uh were they to be released today in some fashion or other or someone discovers them oh never but they're, they're, they'll be canceled or something. nobody nobody they're just casually anti-semitic casually racist yeah. casually you know you know like you were back like back they, then like people were i guess they were i guess I, I mean look my you know my grandmother bless her heart you know she's long since dead but you know would always say things like that you know just those sort of casual things that yeah. you were like oh grandma we uh we that's not we don't say things like that that's not how you do that now you know yeah. <laughs> what i just thought it, yeah but, i've been uh, watching the uh tv show the series community which i never watched before i hear it's very funny it's very funny yeah i hear it's very funny yeah. um i don't know how that got under my radar i don't know Were you did you ever watch the office do you yeah, watch the office okay yeah. Okay. And I hear it's a similar kind of, you know, it's kind of fourth wall. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you look at the camera. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've heard it's funny. My wife watched it and, and said it was funny. And so I probably should, 
uh, probably should pick that up at some point. Yeah, it's pretty good. I um, I'm watching movies. There are no movies, right? There's no movies. Uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, uh, there's some TV shows that have have come out though. Um, you have to be uh, you have to turn your sensitivometer off. Um, but I started watching The Boys about these uh these superheroes that uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah I might watch that. Not bad. That was good. I, I that would be one that I think you would like. Um, that's what happens when superheroes act like knuckleheads kind of yeah like they, well it's all corporatized you know and they're sponsors for everything yeah and, you know all this kind of stuff so it's really sure. it's like if superheroes were alive today you know uh okay not inferring that they were ever alive but you get what i'm saying <laughs> you know they if, never really you know, were wait what <laughs> no but if there were superheroes in, in our day and age right yeah. then this is sort of like a, a kind of a look at like what it probably would look like right um and it's uh there's some really funny moments there's some horribly dark dark things uh where you're just like you know that whole absolute power you know and the corruption that that comes with it um it's 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 been pretty fun to to watch the first few episodes okay so i I recommend that one to you but it it has a lot of uh language and and other such things so a person who's sensitive to that sort of thing probably would not want to want to not want to watch it uh and i could see that you know different people have different levels of sensitivity wouldn't you say Frank? i would i would um people also have different levels of commitment to things wouldn't you say <laughs> <laughs> you like that <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that one coming did you uh, kind of <laughs> you know what's funny pax is uh we we tend to reach this point in just about every one of these and, and they're not rehearsed beforehand you know i just sort of show up in fact you know moments before you know, I read and I sort of prep and moments before I show up, Dred's like, hey, we're on commitment today, right? And of course he knows you know, it's just in his head, right? But, um, but we always sort of seem to reach this point where I can tell exactly that most times I can tell we're about to transition because the energy in the room just sort of shifts just a little bit. And there's just this, this sort of energy shift. And I know we're about to get into the good stuff. So because we've just been BSing up. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of, <laughs> well, and here's the other thing, and you know, some people never got these about the featurettes, and some people don't get it about our, you know, BS and fooling around beforehand. But some of the things we're trying to do, like, why does Dread ask me about my weight, or you know, why was he doing that so much? Well, not because I mean, yes, sure, you know, we're very good friends, and of course, he's interested in my life and whatever. He could ask me that anytime, right? But he asks here because the the point is to sort of look and say, okay. Um, this is this is an example of what what we ought to be doing. We ought to be trying to accelerate. And what am I doing to accelerate? I'm trying to just exemplify what we're teaching, right? So we ask about the butcher's word. Why? Because we're trying to look for leadership lessons in everything that we do, right? We're trying to see it where we can because the collection of the stories that we have is what will make us a bit more able to teach and better teachers of what we're trying to teach. Fair? I like the way you're putting that. So, you know, we... we it sounds like just dread and I BSing. I know there's a lot of guys <laughs> who are super annoyed by it and want us to, you know, post the time of when they get to the quote unquote real stuff. Um, but the real stuff is sort of all the way through and uh, it's a, a little sneaky sometimes, but that's, but that's why we're doing what we're doing. Right. He asks me these questions or I ask him these questions because a, again, my friend, I really want to know what's going on in his life. And this is a good you know, venue for that. It's kind of fun to see the interplay and we think we're charming and delightful. Is that a fair statement? <laughs> we do think that. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and is, it, uh, is it funny to do a Jamie Vance Roseboro impression? Sure it is. So a little comic relief is fine, but you know the other thing that does? Uh, more guys are aware of Jamie Vance Roseboro. 
And I think that's a positive thing because I think he's a good example of uh, what an F3 man ought to be. You know, I would rather, uh, honestly, rather hear somebody else describe something I believe in than do it myself. Mm. So I'm perfectly happy to hear the same, you know, these things, things we believe in come out of other men's mouth. More happy. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact. So. Um, it means it's working, right? It means it's working. All right. So commitment, you know, un yeah. unwavering loyalty to the group, unflinching determination. Unflinching. Unflinching yes. determination to accomplish his mission. So uh, we talk about a commitment a lot in America, in a way, or in the culture. And we uh -huh. don't really mean what uh, what the definition, the F3 de definition Yeah, so, so let's let's back into that just a little bit because when we think of commitment, a lot of times in the culture, right? Right. And one of our foundational principles is language. Right. So making sure that we're all on the same page. What, what Dred just said was the definition, the F3 definition of commitment. I think sometimes in our culture, though, we think, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you, you make a statement that indicates that you might be dedicated to a cause possibly. Right. And that's commitment. Or, right. uh, you know, I commit to do this. Now, whether they actually do it or not is, <laughs> I don't know that we hold a lot of accountability there, but. Uh, so, you know, loyalty, determination to different things uh, yeah. related. So loyalty is that like of a fiduciary, you know, where you mm -hmm. treat someone else someone else's rights um, and benefit that you put, place it higher than yourself. That's what a fiduciary is. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's what we mean by that, that, that level of loyalty. And what we say in the Q source is that it's an abandonment of self. Right. Like that's, that's what loyalty is. And, and we don't mean just like, uh, and this is something that's been tough for me to, I think kind of get to over time is when you say abandonment of self, you don't just mean like, well, if it suits my needs or if it's convenient and it, you know, and it aligns, sure. then, then maybe I'll put myself a right. little bit after this. Right. That's not what we're talking about. No, it's, it's all the time. It's without regard to your own safety or without regard to your own health. Um, that you're, you've abandoned self. Uh, and I think, now more than ever that's just a really rare a really rare thing it is it is it, it, because i think it is completely countercultural and really in some ways counter instinctual yeah i think it is i think it's well of course it is, of course it is. <laughs> your <laughs> your your instinct is to take care of yourself yeah. that's why uh that kind of unwavering loyalty is uh is the exact opposite of what you feel what you want yeah and with that, it is also something then, since it is against your nature, right. um, it's something you have to really work at, right. something you really have to practice over and over and over in small ways so that you get better at it. So then, in, you know, just like everything else, like, sure. So there have to be commitment bricks, right? Or loyalty bricks <laughs> that we've got to figure right. out how to lay, right? Right. Okay. So let's take up the other half of yeah. that, the uh, unflinching determination. I mean, that looks like a tremendous will to action, doesn't it? Determination. Yeah. And again, speaking of, you know, countercultural and counterintuitive and counter uh, natural, you know, right. natural, all that kind of stuff, right? Like I can, I can unflinch until I get hit in the face and then I'm going to flinch and I'm going to leave. Right. Most of us fall through. I shouldn't say most of us. The tendency I think for a lot of people is to follow through until it's a little tougher than I had kind of bargained for. Like oh, I'm all about mission. Well, you know, until it becomes painful. I'm feeling a little, uh, 
cynical is not the right word for about Kuhnman right now, but I'm feeling a little bit depressed or ambivalent about it. I just, I look around. Depressed or ambivalent? No, I mean, I just, I feel, I, I, I don't, I feel like there's a lack of commitment amongst our leadership, maybe amongst people. I don't know. A lack of commitment. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the word commitment is being diluted, hmm. diluted to a great degree. I mean, maybe people say, as well. people say commitment. I think they mean like maybe to a marriage at most, but the idea of committing yourself, say, I was talking to a guy the other day and um, I said, when I was a kid, I used to wake up in the morning and have this moment of feeling that I was so blessed to be an American, to wake up as an American. When you were a kid? Yeah, when I, when I was a kid. I don't know where that came from. That was amazing. But, but, I, but I was, I've always felt that way. Yeah. It's committed to being an American and I know everything America stands for. You know, now America's kind of, I mean, we're having these cultural wars, or not wars, but cultural yeah. disputes. I think if you go to some places in America, it kind of looks like a war. And uh, I'm, like, I'm like, where's the commitment? Yeah. You know, when someone says that um, there's systemic problems with America, that gets my back up, man. I'm not, I have a hard time holding my tongue and, and, and having a reasonable reaction to that. I know as a leader, I have to, but, uh, but it, so not I guess getting it, angry, I guess it, aff- well, angry, it or, offends my sense of commitment. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. T- tell me more. It's, you well, I'm a loyal, uh, citizen of the city of Charlotte. Sure. I'm a loyal citizen of the state of North Carolina. I'm a loyal citizen of the United States, but I also, um, not just loyal, but unwaveringly loyal. I'm not going to say there's not problems in the sure. city I live in, the state I live in, and the country I live in, but to say that, that it's irretrievably broken or that it's not worth defending, yeah, I don't really get that. I don't really, I don't really I get, don't believe that, yeah. I don't really get the, what's behind that, why somebody would say that. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to, to understand it. Well, and I not the words. I get the words. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But the sentiment, the, yeah, the if feeling that's what behind it. Is. it. Yeah, yeah. If that's what it is. Yeah. Um, why? Why do you think that is? Why well, is it hard for me to get it? I don't know. Maybe because I've always been committed. Maybe I always needed to be committed. I don't know. But uh, fair. That's just kind of the way I am. Um, so my loyalty to the nation is such that the United States nation, the United States, is such that I'm incapable. I, I'm incapable of. Um, of disloyalty to and it's hard for me to put in words I'm incapable of of attacking its fundamentals sure I can criticize things its leaders have done right of course I can and I can criticize and maybe should sometimes and I can acknowledge mistakes that the nation has made for one reason or another but uh, to criticize its fundamentals what, what it's about yeah I can't I can't do it and it's hard for me to listen to um, other men do it and not become, I guess, angry is the right word. Or, or even if, you know, we can soften it some and say frustrated or, you know, just right. emotionally involved, whatever, the, right. whatever. Right? I get, and it's funny because I chose this piece of scripture that backs up commitment a long time ago before we went into this yeah. current state. But, you know, what Joshua says is um, if, you, if you find that serving the Lord is undesirable, mm-hmm. and he's talking to, you know, people that are complaining right 
if you find it's undesirable, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve. Right. Um, the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, right. Euphrates or the gods, the Amorites in, la- in whose land it, we are living. Yeah. But for me as my household, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. And I guess I feel that way about my nation and my city, my state. I mean, if you find it difficult to serve this nation, um, then decide what you will serve. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to serve the nation. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm unwavering in that. And, and it's not the, um, Again, it's it's not saying that the nation is perfect. It's not saying that there aren't troubles. Is that there's not uh, ways in which the fundamental uh, principles upon which it is. I think service founded. service requires criticism. Yeah, I mean you're not. Well, sur- that's, that's candor, right? I mean that's that's candor. I mean you know you can look at it and say this is not right or this is you know yeah of course, but that's where we I think we break down is we we have become uh, so self focused. Right. So turned inward um, that we will, we will serve the mission when it serves us and no further. And as soon as we feel like it's not giving us, giving us what we deserve out of it, right. You know, or what I'm entitled to out of it, you know, whatever this mission may be, we start getting real pissy and moaning, you know, because somehow I think that we think that our life is supposed to be, uh, you know, cherries and rainbows and unicorns all the time. Right. And that's just not the case. In fact, the the quote that I like, uh, and I'm, I'm going to just butcher it, but a, a leader of our church, you know, talks about it all the time. He's like, look, yeah, the, the harsh reality is that, you know, most putts don't drop, right? <laughs> you know, like uh, most, uh, most car trips are long and horrible and boring. You know, most, that, that's the nature of life. And so right. it's not that we want to sit around in misery. It's, it's really more about how do we find joy uh, which we'll talk about in the is that next week, two weeks, two weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, two weeks. Um, but, but you know, to find, to right. look for joy and find joy rather than sitting in, and worrying about the fact that our happiness has been compromised for a few minutes. Right. You know, well, that's the setting yourself, setting yourself aside. I mean, right. you can't be committed unless you abandon yourself. And uh, so, how, so if you're committed, you know, military, it's easy to see it because you abandon yourself to unit mm-hmm. discipline and um, it's actually not that hard to be committed to the military because they don't give you any choice. <laughs> right. right? I mean, yeah. Well, you got two head, choices. It will shave your head, put yeah. everybody in a, in a green suit. You know, everybody does that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, you know, as, when you're not in the military, it's kind of harder to, to be. Well, there's no singular place right. to look for mission. Right. There's no, there, that's right. There's no mission. Or so, yeah, actually, you just said it better than I could. There's no singular mission. There's no existential threat to fight against there's nothing you know it's like so it's yeah. it's difficult so you start i think you start turning to yourself now we we're talking the courthouse is closed we don't know when it's going to open for trials again and i heard some lawyers talking one guy says well um you know i uh you know we have to jur- have difficulty with the jurors mm-hmm. you know because nobody wants to perform jury service anyway sure and you know we always ask him at that so there's a reason why he can't serve all the guy that's got to do is say i'm afraid of COVID, right? Right. Now he's he's off the hook. But that heard a lawyer say, "Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm ready to return to the courtroom." And I tell you what, I caught myself, but I almost said, "Then you need to never come back to the courtroom." I mean, if you tell not, me more. Uh, well, no, I mean, if if you were if you're you would leave your clients uh-huh. without justice, yeah, because you're afraid. And I don't know what to tell you, man. I know that's not going to go down well with some people. No, but I hear you. Uh, but. Um, you know, I just like came across this phrase in the book, Perry Mason book I was reading the other night. 
but he says, um, he's talking to this uh, young lawyer in his mm -hmm. office. He's, but you overlook the fact that I'm representing my clients. I'm a paid gladiator. I have to go in and fight. And that's what they hire me for. Anytime I get weak needs, so I don't have guts enough to wade in and fight, I've unfitted myself to carry on my profession. At any rate, the branch of it that I specialize in, I'm a fighter. I'm hired to fight. Everything I got in the world, I got through fighting. So I, I read that. I just wait, wait, are you sure back. you didn't write it? I, no, <laughs> I, it, went, it was written. This was written 90 years ago. I know, but tell me, Pax, does that not sound like something Dredd would have written? Well, it's the way I feel. You well, know? And that's why I think it sounds like something uh, you would have written. It's what I feel. I was yeah. uh, cross-examined. You don't just feel that way about lawyering. Well, that's you know what? I, Finish your thought. And I was, was, was cross-examining a witness yeah. in a trial a long time ago, like 15 years ago. And uh, the, the, the witness was a, a sitting judge. So he's a, a sitting judge, but he had been, he'd given some legal advice before he became a judge. Okay. The, the nature of his legal advice and what he had told his client was at issue. Meaning it was different than what he... No, it was or, just an issue in the case. Okay, okay. Right. okay. So he's on the stand testifying for the other party, uh -huh. and he had made a mistake in his legal advice. Back then? The advice he'd given his client was the opposite of my client, was incorrect. Okay. And uh, I don't think that the other lawyer realized that when he put him on the stand. Uh -huh. So I got up, I started cross-examining him, and about halfway through, the judge in the case realized that I had this judge on the stand on the run. Uh-huh. You know, I was pressing him hard, right. showing him the statute and pointing out to him Same. the corner. Here's the yeah. He started to get defensive and he starts looking up at the judge in the trial and uh the judge in the trial starts backing me up, you know, pushing me back. Well Oh, know, I see yeah, not not supporting you, but but giving you pushback as a, yeah, yeah, because he was trying to protect this other judge. Right, because right? the way we're judges together. Right. So finally, you know, he, there was this one piece of evidence I'm trying to get in, he wouldn't let me ask the question, and I made an offer of proof, mm -hmm. which means I said we got to take the jury out. I get to ask the questions I want to ask, put it on the record so it's on appeal if you uh -huh. want it in it. So this is what you got to do if there's a line of question and judges hold them out. So we do it. I just pounded this guy. He just made a mistake. Yeah. And then he tried to cover it up and he looked bad. Now he's a judge before he was a lawyer, but he made a mistake. Right. Jury needed to hear it. That's your job. Right. So I, I get that out. And it was relevant. There's no reason to keep it out. And the judge says, I'm not going to let you ask that in front of the jury. And I said, well, well, judge, it's relevant. There's no reason not to. And he's just not going to let you do it. So he pulls the jury back in, says the witness is with you. And I just asked those same damn questions again. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he said, I'm not going to let you. And I looked at the jury while I was doing it. And judge is sustaining objections. He's looking at me. He finally says, one more word. And I'm going to hold you in contempt of court. And I sat back and I leaned forward and my client grabbed me by the wrist and he said, you've done enough. I mean, you wouldn't let me do it. Uh -huh. I was bound and determined to do You're it. You're going to do it. Yeah. I was bound and determined to do it. I knew I was going to take it on appeal. And uh, the fact that I was going to spend a night in jail, whatever. Yeah. It seemed like it was worth it to me in the moment. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, cause I'm a fighter, man. I was, that's what I'm paid to do. Yeah. I'm paid to go in there and fight. I'm not paid to go in there and, you know, uh, kowtow to some right. judge. Equivocate. Equivocate. I knew I was right. And, uh, and he knew you were right. Yeah. He was just trying to protect his yeah. fellow member of the bar. So, um, that's kind of what I mean. That's kind of the attitude 
that you have to have if you're committed. Yeah. You have to be unflinchingly determined to accomplish the mission. And I was willing to go as far as it took. And uh, it really took my client grabbing me. It was funny how he realized what I was doing. He's, yeah, he saw it. Yeah, he realized what I was doing. And you know what? The jury did too. And which and, is what I was That's doing. really the point. Right. Yeah. That, that is really the point. And uh, I, I think we've lost that to a great degree <laughs> amongst uh, trial attorneys in my business. And um, I don't think this COVID is helping any. No, unfortunately, the and and you know again, not political statements or anything like that, but um, we're in a situation where I am seeing it. Look, take all of the 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 work stuff or the whatever out of it. I'm just seeing men choose softer, easier, gentler things in their lives and blaming it on something that they may or may not even really have a firm belief right, right. in but it's convenient to make it easier right. to not, to, to, to flinch, to be able to flinch and to not be determined. Um, and, and I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a reason to kind of tie it back a little to F3, but there's a reason why the workout is hard, the workout is early, the workout is, you know, uh, all of those things, right? It, it, there's a reason for all of that. And there's a reason why the first step is first. And if, you're, if we are not willing to even go that far, what are we going to do when it matters? I think the same thing. What um, are we going to do when it matters? We can't even, and, and then you take that out one more step and go, we can't agree on masks or we can't agree on this. Right. Folks, if we can't do it now, what are we going to do when it matters? I'm, I'm not pleased. I'm worried. <laughs> I mean, well, I still think there's an awful lot of people who, are capable of being committed if yeah. they see somebody leading. I think you're right. So, um, you know, I've, I've filed a lawsuit against the school board in Mecklenburg County mm -hmm. uh, to compel, in hopes of compelling the school board to return the students of Mecklenburg County back to public school. Mm -hmm. So Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, the school board has gone with this virtual school thing. Yeah, and, 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 and just to kind of set the table a little bit, just for, so folks know, the rest of North Carolina, not the case, correct? Not the case. So, yeah, so, and, it's and not the Mecklenburg has chosen this, and it is... Mecklenburg way a couple of counties. Okay, so there's so a couple counties, but the, the vast majority of the state has gone that I with don't, some that, other... That I don't actually know. I believe, I believe that's the case in things that I've read, but regardless... The, but the governor the, has allowed, has allowed the, the county school boards to make their own decision, which you should. Sure. Uh, that's why you're not suing him. <laughs> <laughs> so school board from, of Mecklenburg County has decided not to not yeah. not to have actual school. So it's it's all virtual. You have no choice in the matter. That's the only it's the only option there is. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I don't. I'm representing some some parents that don't believe it's proper. Mm -hmm. I'm also a parent of some students. Sure. So I'm not representing myself, but uh, um, you know I'm the attorney. But I don't believe it's it's proper. I don't think that that's what school is. Right. And I don't think that the school board has properly discharged its obligations towards the students. I think it's listened to some teachers who don't want to go back to school mm -hmm. and uh, don't want to teach um, for fear of their health. And, or uh, again, or that being the claim, regardless of... I'll take them on, on the merits. Okay, fair. So, uh, and I know this is going to be a very unpopular thing I'm about to say. It won't be the first or the last. But I would say go 
do something else. <laughs> Just go do something else. Because your mission, your job is to teach those kids and sitting in the den, doing it over the internet ain't the way to do it. Yeah. And if you're, if you're afraid, I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to judge you. Um, but I am going to tell you to go do something else. Yeah. Maybe, maybe your time is, has come and gone. Uh, I, I won't judge you. I will question your commitment. Okay. And if a soldier was to say, I don't want to attack that hill because I might get killed or a lawyer is to say, I won't ask that question because I might spend a night in jail. I would say, go do something else because there's something else you can be properly committed to. So in other words, there might be some, some group mm -hmm. to which you can fully and unwaveringly commit. There might be some mission to which you can unflinching, unflinchingly decide to, to be determined to, to accomplish. accomplish. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, as, as Joshua says, if serving the Lord you seems undesirable, you've got to choose. Well, because I think in the next couple of verses, or I might be mixing it up now, but doesn't he say like you, you can't be in the middle? You, you got to be hot. You got to be cold. Because otherwise warm, you get, you get spewed out. Oh, that's, that's later. Yeah, that's revelation. Yeah. Uh, that's revelation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a similar idea. Uh it is a, a very similar idea and um, it's a very similar end state. Yeah. Um, which is pretty bizarre now that you, that, that you pointed out, but that's what, that's what the point of that passage of revelation is that, uh, yeah, that you can either be, he's talking to one particular church, which is very lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And he says, you're neither hot nor cold and you're going to get spit out. Yeah. You got you to decide what you're for. Um, and I, that, to me, that's the heart of commitment. So making sure that I'm understanding too, but, uh, and, and hopefully so the PACs understand too, it's not a, if you don't choose to do in school, whatever, that somehow you're a bad person or you're nope. a bad teacher nope. or blah, any of that stuff. All we're saying is, or all Dred's saying is, uh, well, I'm going to say we're saying because I agree with him, um, is that that's not what commitment looks like. I don't think that there's any teacher that I've talked to that would say with any honesty um, that uh, they would say, oh, yeah, no, no. Virtual learning, way better, way better than in person. Or as good. Much more effective. Or as, fair. Or as fair. Good. Yeah. Right. And so if you're not determined in some way, if you're just willing to accept and say, well, but this is all we can do. This, this is, you know, so I, you know, I don't think, you know, like if you're not fighting actively, unflinchingly toward that end in some way, then that's okay. Like that's not bad. Right. But, but maybe just so that, I mean, good heavens, why would you, why I, would I guess, you work I, in something you're I not I guess what to? I say is it's, you have to choose. You have to choose. You can, you can come to school and be a teacher, or you can go do something else, but you can't stay at home and be a teacher. And in the same way, a soldier, when called upon, has to march to the sound of the guns, or he can't be a soldier. Mm -hmm. He can be something else. Sure. And should be. Yeah. In the same way, a litigator has to be willing to engage um, in adversarial confrontation. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Um, I've known many lawyers who are unwilling to do so. They try to find a way around it. Right. You know, there's got to be a better way, you know, maybe we're more reasonable and all that. I'm like, 
It's not how disputes get resolved. <laughs> right. You know, wars don't get fought unless people fight. You know, soldiers fight, unfortunately. Horrible right. thing, but true. Um, disputes aren't resolved. Legal controversies, intractable legal controversies are not resolved unless the adversarial confrontation is invoked. Yeah. The trial is had. There's no, there's no way around it. And I don't think kids learn unless they sit down in a classroom and have people teach them. And uh, if I would say I, I have all the sympathy in the world for somebody who says I, I can't do it. Yeah. I said, but then you, you, that means you're not committed. And you need to do something else. Yeah, and that's okay. Then find the thing that you can do. I, I, yeah. I think that has and to be the way it is. Mm. And um, the reason why I decided to say it today on uh -huh. this podcast is I'm committed to it. And if I were to soft pedal it right. and pretend that I thought otherwise, then you ain't, then I ain't committed either. Well, you ain't walking the walk. Uh, I'm not committed right. either. And, and that, you know, that's, that's the hard part about being a leader is that there's absolutely no way to lead if you're not willing to say things that you know people are going to disagree with. Yeah. And there's going to be consequences to that disagreement. No, it's very, it's very, it's very, very true. So in just a second, I know you're going to tell me to, to go do something. Yeah. But before, before we do that, okay. it's just ironic, you know, I was thought and actually prayed a little bit about it, whether to talk about some of the things that I've talked about here, because, you know, it is really my obligation to be the Nantan of the entire three nation. And I know there's guys who disagree with this, but I don't want anybody to think I lack commitment. You can disagree with me, sure, but you can't say that I don't, I'm not committed to the course of action. Sure. And I have been for, for quite a while. Um, in the midst of that, uh, and I don't think he'd care that I'm saying he did it. Um, Tango Delta, that first Tango Delta sent me a text. And he's like, I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, it's literally just happened like a minute ago. Well, okay. And I'm, you know, looking at my watch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what the heck is that? And it's a, it's an opinion. It's a, a court opinion that he must, must've just come out. I don't TD, know What's that? Is TD a lawyer? No, oh, no, no, okay. no. He's an investment banker. So okay. anyway, it's in the uh, Western, well, it looks like the Western district of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Or Pennsylvania. But somebody filed a lawsuit up there in federal court uh, contending that the governor and then I guess the secretary of health or something had some of the restrictions that they had were excessive, oh. which is similar to the lawsuit I filed here, but it's a pretty long opinion, but I just was I skipped to the end, but this uh -huh. is what the court said. The court closes this opinion as it began by recognizing that the defendant's actions and the defense of the governor uh -huh. at issue here were undertaken with the good intention of addressing a public health emergency. Uh -huh. But even in an emergency, the authority of government is not unfettered. The liberties protected by the constitution are not fair weather freedoms in place when times are good, but able to be cast aside in times of trouble. There is no question that this country has faced and will face emergencies of every sort. But the solution to a national crisis can never be permitted to supersede the commitment to individual liberty that stands as the foundation of the American experiment. I'm choked up reading this. The Constitution cannot accept the concept of a new normal where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinated to open-ended emergency mitigation measures. Rather, the Constitution sets certain lines that may not be crossed even in an emergency. Action taken by the defendants cross those lines. It is the duty of the court to declare those actions unconstitutional. Thus, consistent with the reasons set forth above, the court, court enters judgment for the plaintiffs. This is uh, a judge named William F. William S. Stickman. Uh, 
was a United States District Court judge in the uh, state of Pennsylvania. So, um, you know, that um, but the solution to a national crisis can never be permitted to supersede the commitment to individual liberty. That's what he wrote. That stands as the foundation of the American experiment. Uh, the commitment to individual liberty. And I, I suppose underlying all the commitments we're talking about and hashtag commitment here, um, that's what we're committed to or we should be committed to as Americans. Like I said, I'd very difficult time keeping an open mind when people, even people I love criticize my commitment to individual liberty because uh, I joined this judge and proclaiming my commitment to individual liberty. And in the name of public health crisis, which we're obviously in, there's some lines that just cannot be crossed. And this judge, particularly judge, found that the, the lines crossed by the governor of the state of Pennsylvania uh, were intolerable. And uh, he reasserted the commitment of the nation. I mean, I can't think of a better way to put it myself. And I don't think that it's, you know, we say accidents or whatever coincidences or what what I used to believe in when I didn't believe in God. But the fact that that came across in the very midst of me talking about the very same thing and not yeah. expressing myself very well, because that judge said yeah. it better than, I, did it well. than yeah. I, I could ever say. So I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, Dark. Yeah. I remain committed to the concept of individual liberty for which this nation stands. And um, I'm going to continue to fight for that, regardless of how many people say one more word coming out of your mouth and there's going to be this or there's going to be that. I'm just going to keep doing it um, because I, I have unwavering loyalty to the nation and uh, I have unflinching determination to see that mission carried out. Um, can I tell you something without getting weird? I hope. I hope. Um, I've been accused of a lot of things, <laughs> as you can imagine, right? Uh, you know, oh, well, you're, you just, you think that because Dredd thinks that or you're a fanboy or you're this or you're that and, uh, all, all that's fine. I don't, I don't mind. They're, they're, you know, people are welcome to say whatever they're going to say, but um, I just hope you know that uh, from, from sitting across the table, brother, I'm, I'm right there behind you. All right, brother. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. All right, man, go do some good. Can't help it. Yeah, man. <laughs>